Thanks for listening to the teaching podcast for People of Hope Church. To learn more about our ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, visit peopleofhope.church. Open your Bibles uh, this morning to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I should grab my notes over here. Luke chapter 7. You have an encounter of Jesus who has just had a, an amazing moment with a centurion and, and a, a situation where great faith was demonstrated. And it says here in Luke chapter 7, verse 11. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. Time out. Get this picture. There's a procession. There's not just a couple of people. There's not just Jesus and the 12. There's a large crowd. They've seen what Jesus has been doing. They've heard about the stories. They've heard about the miracles. They've heard about the blind you can see. They've heard about all these things that have been happening. And people want to be there to see what's next. There's a lot of fascination. Big crowd following Jesus. And as he approached the town gate, when you think about a gate in a town, don't think about, you know, some pieces of wood nailed together and swinging on a rusty hinge. When you think about a town gate, it was probably a big archway in some fortified walls so that they could be protected from bad guys who would try to get into the city. So a gate was was an entrance, kind of like the entrance you walked into into, the room this morning for our gathering. This, This gateway was a place where people coming into the city would pass and people coming out of the city would pass. And so Jesus and this big crowd are coming to the gate. A dead person was being carried out. The only son of his mother, and she was a widow. A dead person was being carried out. The only son, so there is a a man, we don't know anything about his age, but he is dead and he is being carried out. And he is likely being carried out on, on some kind of what we would recognize as like a stretcher. They, they called it a, a beer. And, and it's, it's a B-I-E-R. And it, it was some sort of a device that they would carry a, a dead person to be buried. It was from their home or from inside the city, through the city gates, out into the area where they were burying people. And there was a young man. And he was the only son of his mother. And what what else does it tell you? What's it say about her? She was a widow. In this moment, you have a woman who has experienced double sorrow. Somehow, sometime along the way, she lost her husband. Life-changing. Devastating. And if you add to that, living in the ancient Near East, in these days, women were not afforded the opportunities like they are now. Women were unfortunately not valued the way they should be. And it was not, not easy for a woman to find a way to make a living. It was not easy for a woman to support herself. So she really had to depend on her children. That's the double sorrow. A dead person was being carried out on this bier. The only son of his mother, and she's a widow. So she lost her husband, and she's lost her child, and that is earth-shattering. To lose a child must be absolutely earth-shattering. 
It's not something you ever get adjusted to, I would imagine. It's not something you ever get over. It has defined your life. But she also was depending on this son in this culture and in this context for her stability, for her financial livelihood, for her security. That's what's going on in this. And a large crowd from the town was with her. So now how many crowds do we have? Two. Awesome. Two crowds. You have one coming out of the city gate and they're carrying this stretcher with a dead person on it. There is wailing and in this culture there would have been the sound of mourners going on and a big group of people and this mother in her sorrow, who knows if she could even make the sounds. She may have cried out her tears already. But this large crowd is coming out of the city through this gateway area and this large crowd with Jesus are coming together in this little space. Verse 13, and when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. That means that Jesus had compassion on her. Jesus saw what was going on and because Jesus is God, Jesus knows the whole story right then and there. Jesus isn't going, oh, I wonder what happened. Jesus knows every time that when the husband died, he knows that the exact moment when the son died, he knows what happened to the son, he knows everything about that. He knows exactly the posture of that mother, that widow's heart in that moment. Jesus is fully on board with that, and his heart went out to her. That's who our Jesus is. His heart went out to her, and so he said, don't cry. Can you just think of that moment where the Son of God locks eyes with you in the depths of your sorrow and says to you, don't cry. It's not a scolding, don't cry. It's not a quit that, have more faith. Because God understands that loss really does hurt. It is not more spiritual to try to put on a fake smile as if the loss isn't really a life-changing experience. Jesus understands all of this, and his heart went out to her. And when he says, don't cry, he's not upset with her for crying. He's not telling her to be quiet. He's not telling her that she should feel differently about it. He's saying, you can rest now. I'm here. Don't cry. And then he went up and he touched the bier. They were carrying him on and the bearer stood still. There's a whole lot going on in this moment. For this family and the mourners and the crowd coming out of the city gate, they didn't necessarily know who Jesus was. We don't have any indication that this woman knew who Jesus was or that the people knew who Jesus was as he approached this village called Nain. And for a Jewish person in that day to come into contact with a, a dead body was a big deal because it made them what was called ceremonially unclean. And so when Jesus touched the bier, there was probably a gasp in both crowds. Can you get this scene at the city gate? A crowd coming out, a crowd coming in. 
And Jesus goes over to the stretcher. And the bearers stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, get up. And the dead man sat up and began to talk. You have a miracle right here at the city gate. You have a miracle going on with these crowds coming together. At this point, nobody is thinking about, did he just touch the stretcher? Did he just touch the body? Everyone is astonished. The dead man sat up and he was alive and he began to talk. I wonder what he said. I wonder if one of his first few words was mom. The dead man began to talk and then look what Jesus does. Look at the tenderness and the power of this moment. The dead man sat up and began to talk here in verse 15 and Jesus gave him back to his mother. I almost picture Jesus helping the man down from the stretcher and walking him over to a mother whose jaw has dropped. And likely she's dropped to her knees. And he gave her back. This is the delight of God to restore what has been taken. It's beautiful. The privilege of Jesus to take what was lost and dead and change it to life and to give it back and reconcile it and restore in this mother's life. She gave, he gave her her son back. Next verse. So they, how many crowds do we have? Dos crowdos. Two crowds. Two crowds, they were filled with awe and they praised God. There's a different kind of noise going on. There had been the shouts and wailings of a funeral. There had been the noise of mourning, but now there is the noise of praising. I don't think this happened in the ancient Near East, but there might have been some high fives going all around. There would have been, did you see that? No way. Both crowds going nuts with a purpose, praising God. In this moment, it stirred something in the people. And they said, a great prophet has appeared among us. They said, and look at this line, and this is the title of our teaching today. God has come to help his people. There is truth in that statement and there is deep relief in that statement. God has come, God has come, God has come. And this woman suffered deep, intense loss, but we've all been suffering in this fallen world. We have all fallen victim to all that's wrong and twisted and, and, and hurtful and broken in this world. And God has come as he said he would. God has come to help his people 
in this line that the people are saying and saying to each other and praising God with it. God has come to help his people. They, they are saying, we've not been forgotten. And this morning, God brought you to church to remind you that you have not been forgotten. God brought you to church this morning to remind you that in all the ways that sin has had a grip on your life and the consequences and the regret have cost you deeply, where it's taken you to places you swore you would never go, it has taken you to places that you never dreamed you would experience, God is calling to your heart today to say to you, you have not been forgotten. For those of you who have been victimized by evil and cruel and wicked people, God is calling to you this morning to say you have not been forgotten. For those of you who have suffered loss, because death and disease only entered into the world when sin came upon us. And for those of you who've suffered loss, who've suffered illness, you have not been forgotten. And appropriately, verse 17 says, the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding area. I like that idea of the word spread. <laughs> it went viral. It just took off. And the story just echoed and echoed and echoed and echoed. You should have been there. It was incredible. It was amazing. This is what happened. Jesus did this. And the mother and the son, you can go see them in name today. All this kind of, the, the story is echoed and echoed. And along with it, praise for God and the announcement. God has finally come to help his people. I love this story so much. There's tenderness and power in it. I mean, Jesus speaks to a dead man. Hello, that's a big deal, right? And the dead man gets up. There's power and there's compassion. His heart went out to her. And there's deep loss that is absolutely reversed by the power of God. I want to point you to four things this morning out of this text Four things that I believe the Lord would want us to see and notice out of this together. Number one, Jesus has compassion for people in pain. Jesus has compassion for people in pain. It was true there in that moment, and it's true for us. In this moment, Jesus interrupted the funeral and resurrected a son of a widow who was dead. And I can't tell you why Jesus hadn't come to the funeral you were connected to and changed that. I can't tell you why he hasn't reversed what happened to you, but I can tell you this, his heart goes out to you because that's who he is. And he cares deeply about what you're going through and what you've suffered and what you have experienced. I want to show you a picture here this morning. You can kind of make it out there. This, this beer, this is likely maybe what the scene looked like. And, and they would have had some sort of a shroud o over, this, over this body as they were carrying it out uh, from the city gates. And there's a portrayal of someone um, who, of Jesus who's about to touch this and to make this life-changing moment happen. 
But this idea of a shroud is historically accurate, this covering over this. But Jesus didn't need to know who was under the shroud. Jesus didn't need to know what the story was and how it happened and how he was connected to the people who were wailing and mourning. Jesus knew everything because he's God. And I want you to be reminded today that Jesus knows all the details of what you're struggling with and what's weighing on you and what has wrecked you. Jesus knows all the details of when you got blindsided by the brokenness of this planet. He doesn't have to have you tell him. He already knows. And I want you to find some comfort in that this morning. This is who our Jesus is. He has compassion for people in pain. And I love the beauty of verse 15. Jesus gave him back to his mother. Friends, this is a foreshadowing of the truth that All of us who've had loved ones in Christ who've gone on before us to heaven, there will be a reunion moment. Heaven will be full of moments where people are restored back to the ones they've lost. Can can anybody get excited about that? That is a beautiful, comforting, powerful truth that as strong as it was for Jesus to give this son who was dead and now is alive and restore him to his mother, Heavenly reunions were going to be just full of shouts of praise and long hugs and thanks to God. For our hope, we're a people of hope. Our hope is that death is not the end. According to the word of God, those who believe in Jesus will live forever in Christ Jesus with those who've gone on in Jesus. Jesus has compassion for those in pain. And if you've suffered loss, someday Jesus is going to restore that. Cling to that hope. Number two, Jesus has the power to bring people from death to life. We see that in this story. This man who was dead on his way to be buried, Jesus spoke to the man. He said, young man, get up. And he raised back up to life, fully alive, fully alive. Jesus has the power to bring people from death to life. This is a beautiful picture of what happens in our hearts spiritually where we become Christians and we go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Only Jesus has the power to make that happen. Here's the truth. There's one God who made all things and he described how life should go. He decreed and instructed what things were appropriate and what things were inappropriate. And God said, walk down these roads, enjoy, go for it, live Be blessed over here, but do not go down these roads. Because if you go down these roads, death will follow and there will be consequences. And you and I know very well, mankind rebelled against God. And we said, you've said not to go this way, but this is the way we're going. And the consequence that comes from that is eternal separation from God. We've offended God. We have sinned against God. That's the Bible word. But God so loved you and so loved me that he gave his son Jesus as a sacrifice to pay for the guilt of your rebellion and of my rebellion. That happened on a cross. That's why we have this symbol here at our church. 
this beautiful cross where this became an altar where Jesus Christ, who never sinned, was a worthy sacrifice for your guilt and for mine. Jesus died, and three days later, God raised him from the dead and now makes the invitation to every single person saying to you and to me, if you will believe in Jesus and what he accomplished through his death and through his resurrection, you can be saved. You can be forgiven. Now the truth of salvation isn't about bad people becoming good people, it's about spiritually dead people becoming alive. That's so critical, it's so important. So let me ask you the question this morning, have you, have you experienced new life in Jesus? Have you believed in Jesus and followed him as his disciple? Have you believed in what Jesus did on the cross because God loves you, that Jesus paid for your sins and Jesus raised, is raised from the dead and he's alive today? Do you, have you believed that personally? Have you had a moment where you, not your parents, not your friends, not your family member, but you personally have believed in Jesus. If you haven't, you need to do that today because Jesus has the power to take away the guilt of your rebellion against God. And when you become a Christian, when you are saved, when you have new life in Christ, you are forgiven of all your sins. The dirty, filthy rebellion of your heart is made clean you in that moment become a son or a daughter of God. You're adopted into his family. And God is your father. You become new, a new man, a new woman. And you are set free from the grip of sin. The sin that lies, the sin that tempts, the sin that drags you down into consequence. Salvation, believing in Jesus, moving from death to life, set you free from its grip over you. If you haven't done that, today can be the day when in your heart forever you can be brought to life in Christ. If you haven't believed, do it today. Believe in Jesus. God loves you and gave his son for you. So number one, Jesus has compassion for people in pain. Number two, Jesus has the power to bring people from death to life. And number three, Jesus created uh, some massive impact with this miracle. Jesus actually, in my estimation, created four areas of, of impact. I want to walk through those with you uh, just quickly. Uh, there, <clears throat> there was the mother. Think about how the mother was impacted in this miracle. This mother who had experienced double sorrow, she is now rejoicing because her son has been returned to her. Not only she had lost her child, which is a massive, massive deal, but now her security has been returned to her. And so all the fear about how she was going to survive, all of that has been wiped away because Jesus impacted her life in a massive, massive way. There's also the son we can probably figure out how his life was impacted. He was dead, and now he's not. <laughs> he's alive. There is a second chance going on in this man's story. Jesus brings second chances. You talk about impact. 
chances to, to live differently, to live with purpose, to live in a new way. The sun was impacted. The crowds were impacted. They witnessed a miracle, and it increased their faith in God, didn't it? That's what they said. Our God has come to help us. They were praising God, both crowds. They were just cutting loose in praise to God, in awe at what they had just, they were never going to be the same again. Somebody might say to them, like, oh, what are you doing this week? Oh, I'm going to a funeral. Like, I was at a funeral once. Let me tell you about it. I saw this dead man get up and live. And everybody was wailing because they were sad because that's what we do here. But then everybody was celebrating. There were people dancing and crazy things going on. There were people praising God in this moment. That's, that, that's top that story. These people were never the same again. Did you hear what happened in Nain? Did you hear what went on? Let me tell you what's going on. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. It spread. They were never the same but there's a fourth impact that I think happened here that's so powerful. Jesus also created impact for every single person the son would encounter for the rest of his restored life. Think about that. <laughs> the people he encountered that are only possible for him to have those encounters because Jesus brought him from death to life. Every single person he had countered along the way, I wonder if there was probably an exchange where like, are you that guy from Nain? Yeah, I'm that guy from Nain. Can you tell me the story? For the rest of his days, he is a living, walking testimony of how God can change a life. Which leads me to number four this morning. In Christ, you have new life, so what are you doing with it? I get, a, I get a big smile on my heart and on my face when I think about this guy and the stories he would tell. And people just probably couldn't get him to stop telling the story. And everybody was just everybody he came into contact with, he was like, have you heard my story? Do you know my thing? Do you know what happened? Do you know, you know, this, is, you know this is my second run at life right now. I'm changed. And I, I didn't do anything to do this, and I, I didn't just get better. And this was because Jesus. In Christ, you have new life. What are you doing with? How are you using your days of second chance? How are you using your days of being free from the grip of sin? Are you climbing back into its grasp? How are you using your days of being an adopted son or a daughter of God? Are you climbing into his lap to enjoy him, to ask of him, to trust him, to rest in him? Are you letting that identity shape how you do today and not some stranger on Instagram sh shaping your identity? You have been washed clean in your new life 
Are you walking in that truth? Are you still letting the enemy lie to you about the sin that you committed two months ago, two years ago, two decades ago? Because everybody needs to listen carefully to this. If you have believed in Jesus, you are clean. And the only one still thinking about the sins of your past is you. And you need to let that go and put that down and call it paid for. And when the enemy wants to replay those videos and, re- and try to make you feel guilty and make you feel slimy and wants to pile up the regret on your soul, you can just point to the truth. Jesus paid it all. It's paid in full. And I was dead in that sin. And now I'm alive in Christ. And I have the righteousness of Christ in and on my life. That's who I am today. No guilt. My guilt was paid in full there. No shame. My shame was dealt with there. What are you doing with your new life? You're free. You're adopted. You're clean. You're new. And so every day is a chance to be a part of spreading the news. Jesus changes lives. Announcing the good news to those who've suffered, to those who've endured, to those who've fallen under the gross and wicked things of this broken planet. Announcing the news, our God has come to help his people. You've been raised for a purpose. And every day you have in Christ Jesus needs to be spent glorifying God, enjoying God, and pointing people to the good news of hope in him. It's our first birthday today as a church. And we are a people of hope. We don't have it all figured out. None of us in this room have it all together. But we're a people of hope. We're not pointing to anybody else about how great we are because we've pulled ourselves up or cleaned ourselves up. Nope, we were dead, but we're alive in Christ. Amen? And we're a people of hope. What we're doing out in Murfreesboro, what we're doing on MTSU's campus, what we're doing here in this city, in this region of where God's planted us to live is that we're not inviting people to a meeting on Sundays. We're inviting them to hope in a God who can change lives. We're inviting people to hope in Jesus who raises the dead. Guys, can you go back to that picture there for a moment that was on that shroud, that shroud-covered body on that, on that beer there? As we celebrate Jesus this morning, I wonder if there's some of you who came in here today carrying your own shrouded thing that's looking dead, and you need Jesus to speak to it. I wonder if this morning, your health is something you need Jesus to speak into. 
and you'd ask him to do it by faith, believing he can. I wonder if your relationship with your kids is something that you need Jesus to speak into and to breathe life into. I wonder if you would believe and ask him to, because he can. I wonder if your marriage looks almost dead. But our Jesus speaks to dead things and they come to life. What is it for you that may be under the shroud, carried on the bier? Would you lay it at the feet of Jesus this morning and believe that nothing is too difficult for him and believe that his heart goes out to you, that he sees you and what you're carrying and what you're dealing with? And would you get ready to tell the story about the thing in your life that was dead, but then Jesus brought it back to life? Lord, thank you for this story. Thank you for this episode. Thank you for the fact that we're going to get to meet the widow of Nain in heaven someday and her son. Can't wait. Lord, I pray you would encourage the hearts of those in the room this morning who've suffered loss, and I pray that you would give them hope for the reunions that they will enjoy in heaven. Let that strengthen them today as they still carry the loss every single day. Lord, for those who have never believed in you, I pray that right now you would just knock on the door of their heart right where they're sitting and you would help them to see Jesus for who he really is and help them to believe. Help them to become followers of Christ. Lord, for those who came in here today with something under a shroud, I pray you'd answer their prayers. They're lifting them up to you right now in faith, asking you, asking you to do what you can do, to speak the words to that dead thing, God. Speak them. Help your people, Lord. And all of us, God, in Christ have been given new life and freedom and adoption and we've been made clean. So Lord, would you give us vision and strength to live, to live each day spreading the word that our God has come to help his people. Lord, we want to grow this church by life after life after life who finds hope when hope seemed gone. They run into you. 